On this episode of Deep Thrones, we review Season 2, Episode 2, The Nightlands. We do our first ever in-studio recording for a special occasion. We announce the winner of the Retweet Sweepstakes, and we wish George R.R. Martin a very happy birthday. Plus, Mount Rushmore makes a triumphant return. Winter is here. Hey guys, welcome back. This is a very special episode for a couple reasons. So we're actually in-house studio right now, live studio recording. We're sitting next to each other. It's super weird. For people who listen to this who think we've been sitting next to each other the whole time, nope. 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 Joke's on you. We record on a PlayStation 4. (laughs) That sweet internet connection. So this is going to get weird because all the weird shit that you talk about, like I'm going to be able to look you in the eyes as you like get worked up about Danny. It's going to be really weird. (laughs) Don't look me in the eyes ever. All right. (laughs) So thumb for everybody. Also, another reason why this is a special episode is it's George R. R. Martin's birthday, baby. Happy birthday, George. Get that book done. Finish that book quickly. He is 70 years old, and there's no end in sight for him because he's still got two more books to release. And, um, yeah, apparently last week they said that the episode, he said that the um, seasons could have went on for five more seasons. 11, he said 11 or 12? 12. 12 seasons, a lot of seasons. Yeah, which is wild. So, I mean, that's good that he's got a lot more content left, but, um, oh, yeah. I mean, I'm kind of worried about how the show writers ended up wrapping it up, but. Yeah, I'm curious, too, to see how they wrap it up. I, I mean, obviously, they probably take it a different direction, right? which is good. And really quickly, quick shout-out to um, uh, Peter Dinklage. He just won the Emmy. Oh, right, And yeah. to the whole crew for winning Best Drama Series. Yeah, Peter I Peter Dinklage won, uh, I think, Best Actor in a Drama Series or Best Ensemble. He was supporting, supporting actor, actor, I think, yeah. Which, yeah, I mean, in that cast, who's the lead? They're all supporting right, in a way. yeah. I would say, I mean, in, in, in this season, like, where we're at right now, season two, Tyrion was definitely a main character. Yeah. Whereas it, now in like season seven, season eight, he's kind of supporting for Danny and he's John. He's supporting for bit. Danny and John, for yeah. sure. And uh, so that's big. So congratulations to all of them. Curious to see how the eighth season goes in the books. I mean, George, happy birthday, buddy. You're not getting any younger. The big 7-0. The big 7-0. Release the books, buddy. Speaking of 7-0, so we're actually, so we're recording this on Friday night. So this will be released Monday. I'm not sure how the Bears are going to do, but the Bears are t- two and, or wait, what are they right now? Two and oh, one and one. All right, yeah, yeah, six. So not wow. seven and zero. Oh. Cool, cool. <laughs> Speaking but, of seven and zero, oh. yeah, but uh, no, the Bears are six, so that's tight. Khalil Max up. Hopefully, we're two and one by the time Monday comes out. Um, but we have the winner of our retweet sweepstakes. Who won? I'm curious. Um, I put my name in the I put my hat in the ring. I know you did. Probably a little classless to put yourself in your own <laughs> sweepstakes ring, but I want a shot at this thing. I like whenever there's a potential to win something. Yeah, I'm in. You got to. Yeah. You're, you're a natural born winner. You know. Well. Nope. <laughs> <laughs> so, with without further ado, um, the winner is Kimani Rush. Whoa! Yeah. So, Kimani. congratulations, Kimani! Congrats, a little Kimani. round of applause. A uh, high school friend of ours. Yeah. So you can follow him at uh, at Ill Rush. That's I L L Rush. Give him some follows. Probably slide in his DMs or something. Make fun of him a little bit. Yeah. While you're at it, also follow me. <laughs> <laughs> I don't even know your handle at Sheedy Thirty. No, on on, uh, on Twitter, it's my name, John Sheedy Junior. I even got the Junior oh, up shit. there. Shit, super official. Yeah, right. nice, nice. Well, congrats to Kimani, great guy. Yeah, we're we're we'll we'll do some more fun sweepstakes like that. Maybe like actual prizes instead of just a shout out next time. But 
Just wanted to see how that You can win Chris's faulty headset. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're going to be getting rid of that now that we actually sound a little yeah, we, crispy. This now. is crispy, guys. Yeah, yeah. You can't say it isn't. We so, got drinks over here, and we're we're chillaxing. We're we got football on we in got the bag. On. We got Penn, we got Penn State beating the crap out of Illinois. Going oh on. yeah, dude, Illinois knows. You yeah, guys <laughs> getting that work, catching those hands. So um, should we hop into this review here? Oh shit, yeah, that's what we got to do. Let's give the people what they came here for. Yep. All right, so uh, season two, episode two, the Nightlands. Uh, this is. Um, Really, when things start to pick up, again, this episode, light on battles, heavy on, important setup shit, but this is, uh, for me and Chris, guys who have watched the seasons and are now coming back, it's a lot of fun, because, let me tell you, you see stuff that lays groundwork for future things, which is stuff we you don't know until you watch it. Right. It's a very foundation-heavy episode. Yeah. So we're with Ari, who, of course, is Arya, just pretending to be a boy, and uh, she's with all the men who are making their way up the King's Road to the Wall to join the Night's Watch. She has a quick conversation with a very mysterious man who's in uh, one of the cage carriers uh, with two other guys because these are like the brutal criminals and others. They're kind of threatening her, but the man who's kind of talking weird says, a man has a thirst, can you get a man a drink? And uh, he seems to kind of have a fondness for Arya. Right, and and you can... Kudos to the actor there. I don't even know that actor's name, but he does a good job of kind of putting weight on his words, right? So you know when Ari has this first encounter with him that he's going to have some sort of importance moving on. Um, but then also the, the gold cloaks show up later on at the end of the scene. That's right. And they're, you know, Ari assumes that they're looking for her, and then next thing you know, Gendry pops up like, oh shit. Like, yeah, they're looking for a kid who has a bull's helmet. He was like working with a, what, like a blacksmith, I guess, yeah. what kind of type thing. Mm-hmm. Uh, which the interesting thing about that too is, and again, we talked about this in the last episode, uh, kind of like how the dude in the cage, we don't know his name yet, uh, you could tell you, this isn't the last you've seen of him. The Gendry thing is really confuses me. Because again, there's some significant importance put on this guy. At this point, of course, it's because he's Rob's bastard and they're trying to kill him, mm-hmm. uh, which we discussed last week. But, you know, of course, everyone has his back. And even, uh, what's that gentleman's name who's taking them to the wall? He even kind of pulls out his blade and says, yeah. try, some, try something. Go yeah. back and see what you can get, uh, and they take off without Gendry, which is good, Gendry is able to stay uh, safe, but there's just so much weight put on his character, and I've yet to see, even to where we are now, what we know, because if you're just listening, you're not as far as we are, there's no, there's nothing really significant yeah, happening. There's, there's no payoff yet. It, we, we covered this last week, hopefully there is some sort of payoff, some sort of end game that's helpful um, to everyone, to every character right now that Gendry ends up playing a role in, but... Again, I hope that he doesn't end up being like the like main character of the show that ends up on the throne and all this shit. But yeah, that would be bad. Yeah. I would agree that that would be really annoying. Exactly. There's better characters to be king or queen than him. And then from there, we go to King's Landing and the Tower of the Hand. Um, Varys is actually kind of kind of doing a little undercover work and finding oh. out a lot about Shay and and basically trying to get some dirt on Tyrion. And um, Varys is pulling this power move, and Tyrion's like, you know what, dude, like, I, I don't like these threats, like, I, I've played this game, I'm not Ned Stark, and Varys kind of has a scene where he goes, you know, king, uh, hands, hands of the king have come and gone, people have died, and I've still, you know, lived on through here, kind of just saying, like, you're just another player in this yeah. game, and I'm a permanent piece, so... Yeah, Tyrion uh-huh. says, like, you know, if you if you threaten me again, I'll have you tossed in the ocean. Right. And, he, and that's actually exactly what Varys says. He's like, big fish eats little fish. The big fish sometimes j- dies, and yet I can send you to paddle. You right. know? Yeah. It's a great line. And a lot of shade time, too. Again, I, I don't like the character at all. 
Varys? Shay. Oh, sh- oh yeah. Shay, Shay's trash, dude. <laughs> she went to the Harry Potter School of Warcraft and Wizardry, <laughs> and she just isn't likable at all. Poor Wizardry. Poor Wizardry. She's playing mind games on Tyrion, and uh, uh, it's just, I don't like her. But it is cool to actually see some of the some of the um, first interaction between Varys and Tyrion, because I, I I appreciate these scenes where you have one on ones with some of the the biggest minds in the show, like Varys, right. Littlefinger, Tyrion. So it is cool to see these little uh, chess games that they play back and forth. Yeah. yeah. Why do you keep saying little? Big big chess big games. Chess games. Yeah. Okay. So you're taking right. a sh- you're taking shots. <laughs> uh, and from there, there's a small council meeting. Uh, a lot's going on in the small council meeting. First of all, the Lannister from last episode who Rob sent with his terms for the uh, Lannister surrender has met up now with the small council. Uh, Cersei has, is, you know, not even considering it. She rips it up, I think, as soon as the scene right, starts. Right. You know, there's no chance that they have of surrendering or giving the North what they want, which is basically its own sovereignty. She rips it up and then kind of gives him one last, like, hey, you know, if you see Jamie when you go back there, tell him he's not been forgotten. And everyone's like, oh. Because right now, everyone's, like, talking about how they're banging. Yeah. It's it, becoming public knowledge. It's definitely the elephant in the room oh, yeah. at that point. Oh, yeah. And uh, then I think later on in the scene, they get another raven from the wall that's like, yo, we need dudes because dead people straight up walking around this motherfucker. And everyone there thinks it's a joke. They're like, oh, grump, grumplings and snarks. Blah, blah, yeah. Snark, snark, snark. But Tyrion's the only one that's like, okay, well, you guys realize that the Night's Watch is the only thing that separates us from what's north of the wall. And re- regardless of if it's wildlings or if it's, you know, if it's, you know, white walkers or whatever yeah. it may be, snarks. Um, and Tyrion even says, he's like, I'm not one to question Mormon's uh, right. knowledge yeah. or whatever. His, yeah. his honor, yeah. Because, he, yeah, he, he spent some valuable time up there. He's the only one that really has hands-on experience at the yeah, wall. He pissed off the side of it. Right, yeah. That's right. And hung out with John up there for a little while. <laughs> Imp. <laughs> and then from, from there, we go to Craster's Keep, north of the wall. Not a fan of this Craster guy. He's a little meanie. Craster's Cr- a, a piece of work. He's um, a piece of work. He's a Understatement piece of, work. of the century. <laughs> this crap is a real he's piece. A, I wouldn't mind to give him a piece of my mind. He's a piece you. of shit. Let's yeah, be honest. He's a bad boy. He's a piece of crap. Um, but anyway, so Gren, Ed, and Sam are hanging out, kind of shooting the shit, talking about like all the chicks that are up there, aka Crasser's daughters. And yeah. Sam ends up like running into Gilly for the first time. And love at first sight for Sam. Oh yeah. Well, because uh, who's Ghost was giving Gilly some mess for having like a chicken. <laughs> And, and Sam walks up. He's like, "Ghost, no, get out of here, give man. Give her some mess. Give her, yeah, give her that. Put her in that work. Yeah, yeah, catching hands. Catching these hands. And then, um, and then Sam's like, "Get out of here, Ghost." And Gilly goes, "Oh, you're very brave." And to Sam, that's like the Instant first time. He's, yeah, the the first time he's ever heard yeah. been called brave. You know, so that's he he's like, on the Gilly. First time he's point. talked to a girl, <laughs> probably. Yeah. Tbh. Well, I don't ever forget my first time. It was uh, a year and a half ago. And it was magical. <laughs> First time I ever talked to did a she, girl. Did she call you brave, too? No. No. Yeah. She did not call me brave. Yeah. Nope. Called me that a coward. No I was pissing off the train. <laughs> that ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. That ain't no problem. Yeah, that's a great scene. And then, like, from there, actually, in, during that scene, doesn't it come out that she has an issue? Oh, that's right. Yeah. She's so, pregnant. Right. And... One thing that we know about Crass here, if it's a girl, he's going to marry her, which is so fucked up. But if it's a boy, there are no boys around there. And it's not like these girls are only pumping out girls, which stands to reason, and they've already made this deduction, that he kills the sons. Right. Again, we don't know what he does with them, but safe to assume he kills them. Right. Uh, and then 
Sam kind of puts the work on John. He's like, yo, let's take her out of here. Help me save her. Because he goes to the guy who he knows is actually brave. And John is like, no, look at the vault. Yeah, well, I mean, John has a point, though, because why is he going to help out this random chick when, you know, he could get kicked out of the Night's Watch. He could probably get, I mean, his head cut off as a traitor. Mormon literally just had that thing with him last episode where he said, you're going to be a leader someday, learn to follow. So John is already realizing that him and Mormon, he's got to stick with Lord Commander. He can't be fucking around with Sam, with Gilly, you know? Right, because she called him brave. Right. This is like when I take Chris when I get like a hinge match and I'm like Chris, help. <laughs> Dude, I give that good. I give I give that good advice. You give though. that good advice. You yeah. give good advice. That's right. Uh, and from there, uh, oh wow, big scene, and I'm glad I get to discuss this one because this one, Danny, uh, is back in the fold. Her blood riders come back again. She sent those blood and crip riders out last last episode. <laughs> uh, they went every which direction. The blood riders went west. The crip riders went east. Uh, and uh, well, the blood riders come back, but uh, not as they left. Their horses come back and their heads come back in a, in a little baggy, uh, and it's kind of the cow out west's way of saying, "Don't, don't come this way." Don't, don't, don't bring that shit over here. <laughs> Miss me with that bullshit. Don't bring that mess. <laughs> yeah, um, but yeah, so kind of a touching moment. And Danny at this point thinks that she's just completely fucked. There's no, there's no um, getting out of that situation for her at with this at this moment, right? And then the next scene, this really quick one. Theon's on his way to Pike. Um, he's on a boat and he's he's smanging we'll the smang captain's it. daughter and she's like all weird looking kind of gross. This is like a, one of those weird smang scenes in the show where there's no threat of winter. It's super weird. Yeah, and there's it, I mean there's just really no point to the scene. He like tells her she's ugly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What, how do you the casting call? I mean, ugly people, <laughs> not afraid of nudity. Ugly actress, not afraid of nudity. Maybe just like maybe just like not. Model quality? I don't know. Not model quality. <laughs> We're looking for not models. <laughs> yeah, probably true, though. Uh, and uh, Fionn, at this point, is feeling kind of like, ooh, I'm Fionn, I'm going home, they're going to be yeah. so happy to see me. And again, we talked about this a few episodes ago, it's strictly business for Theon from here on out. <laughs> yes. Theon's, Theon's character arc shoots straight down after his stock. <laughs> he's a falling star, folks. That fucking sit him. Definitely sit, sit him. Sit, he's a sit. Out. You're going to want to start John and Tyrion. You're going to want to sit Theon. Probably sit Danny for a while. We'll tell you when to start. If you Danny's a sleeper. Danny's Yo, a sleeper. this is a segment right here. Sit and start. Ooh. Ooh this made I bring this. This is. Ooh, pet. shit. Hell yeah. Write this. If you're listening, write this down and then direct message us <laughs> in like a few weeks to do this. <laughs> Uh, Kamani, that's your that's your task as the winner of sweepstakes. You're now on staff. Uh, from here, then we go to Baelish's brothel, where um, a lot of unnecessary titties all over the place. This is a really aggressive scene. This is real aggressive. The dude in the peephole, and then it like zooms out. And you're like, oh, there's okay, uh, some bad stuff going on. Uh, but then like his number one whore, Roz, is not get. She's like a number one picture. Kind of a bottom right bitch. Now. He's a yeah, bottom, he's, she's bottom a bitch. Bitch. That's right. Yeah. The, the bottom bitch. Butter's bottom Butter, bitch. Butter, Butter, Baelish's bottom bitch. Uh, she's crying and like not putting in that good work. And then so this guy's pissed. He's like, I paid top dollar. And he's like, here, take this whore instead. But she's like behind the cloth. And he like wipes it. Spermies off her so mouth. gross. That was so gross. Oh my God. Word of advice from the podcast after watching this episode, if you're visiting a hooker, make her brush her teeth up front. This, <laughs> if the turnover is that quick, that's an issue. Dude, I So mean, then, like, Roz is upset because the gold cloaks killed that baby. Right. And and Baelish kind of has a talk with her, basically saying, if you don't do your job and make me money, like, you're going to be given to someone who, like, dissects chicks. It goes from, like, a sincere moment to Baelish being like, I don't like bad investments. Yeah. 
Which his worst investment by far is when he bought that plane that Bane crashed. <laughs> still, <laughs> still his worst. How many of those do you think I could fit in in eight seasons? Just a, a ton of a ton a of, of uh, Baelish playing. Big Tom Hardy guy. We're gonna see Venom guys. Don't worry. Oh yeah. Next uh, next couple podcast. weeks, Venom's coming. Next out. podcast is the Venom podcast. <laughs> uh, and then from there, we we stay in King's Landing, but we go to the Red Keep. Uh, Tyrion's actually meeting with Janice Slint. The best commander. episode alert, or best scene alert. Best scene alert. I'm best gonna do this now, and I think it's yeah. best scene. Okay. Best scene alert. All right. Um, so Tyrion's meeting with Janice Slint, who of course is the uh, Lord Commander of the of the um, City Watch, and Tyrion's just kind of trying to give him work for for killing all these babies. Yeah. Um, killing all the bastard children, diverting important resources because remember at this point in time king's landing the people are almost rioting they're like starving and stuff right so you know you're diverting uh resources that could be used on crowd control and stuff and killing bastards and babies so uh Tyrion's not happy about that he ends up sending janice slint away to the wall um, this is not the last you'll see of janice slint by any stretch right and this is also Tyrion kind of handles this pretty well because he also responds to uh, the request to send good men to the wall, right? I mean, right. Janice Slint's capable, at least. I right. mean, he might be corrupt and whatever, but he's a capable soldier. And uh, Bronn is now leader of the City's Watch. Right. Bronn steps into Janice's old place, which is also pretty cool. Um, and that, this, for me, is ironic, if you, if you don't mind if I say this real quick. What kind of pisses me off about the other Lannisters is how shitty they are to Tyrion, and yet everything he's done here is so smart because the city is already against the king. Mm-hmm. And they're going to war, and you have half your own citizens against you because you're mm-hmm. starving and because you're doing this baby killing. Tyrion realizes that for Joffrey to even have a chance to survive in this city, he needs some support from the people. Because right. if they riot, they're all screwed. Exactly. So he's literally trying to mitigate all these problems that all the other Lannisters are causing, and they're the ones who get pissed at him. Yep. Because, I mean, it's just the old-fashioned, they hate Tyrion for no reason, you know? Cersei makes emotional, dumb decisions. Joffrey makes erratic dumb decisions and Tyrion's there to keep it all together and Tywin sent him there because he knew that Um, so that's good but uh, one of the cool parts about this scene is Tyrion actually asks Bronn after he gets promoted he goes um, would you murder an infant child if I asked you to without question and Bronn says without question no I'd ask how much and then the scene cuts off there so at least Bronn's honest yeah he, he, he knows he knows himself and yeah it's a great scene, uh, by far, my, for my vote, best scene of the uh, episode. From there we go back to the King's Road. Uh, Ari, Gendry, the Night's Watch people are making their way to the wall. I'm calling her Ari for now just because that's what they're calling her in the scenes. Uh, and here we have a moment where Gendry kind of calls out Ari because he's like, well, you're not a boy. You're a girl, yeah. I can tell. Yeah. And she's like, no, I am a boy. And he's like, all right, then pull out your cock. Which, like, <laughs> weird, weird, weird thing to say. That's like a weird... Like, imagine in, like, that being, like, your comeback. All right, pull out your dick. Uh, yeah, but he, he called he called her bluff, called though. Bluff, called her bluff. bluff. She's like, well. <laughs> She's like, he got me there. That's, like, basically what people have been doing to Varys for years. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then pull out your dick. <laughs> she, uh, and, and it turns out that he, she, they have a discussion, and he says, oh, wow, wait, you're a lady. You're Stark. I've been peeing in front of you. I shouldn't have done that. And then it turns out. They have an understanding. They're going to have each other's backs. It's just a short scene, but it's a good scene. Right. Good characters. Everyone's, this is one of like the big reunions everyone wants in season eight. Oh, Arya yeah. and Gendry. Yeah, and this is the foundation of that relationship. And they go From this point on, they really, like you said, I mean, they have that kind of pact that they'll have each other's back. And they, 
They really do, going from, from here on out. The next scene, Theon actually lands on Pike in the Iron Islands. Yes. And he's expecting a big welcome, and no one's there to welcome no him at all. No one's there. He has to pay like this this one guy who's like reluctant to get him a horse, and then it turns out like this chick walks up who we don't know who she is at the time. She's like, you know, I'm I'm heading up to Pike. I'm heading up to the castle. You can ride with me. And on this ride up, Theon's like macking on her, feeling her up, uh, touching everything. Yeah, kind of going up under the belt and stuff, and and then he actually gets up to the castle. Expects his father to be actually excited to see him, but Balon Greyjoy is not happy about it at all. He thinks that Theon has gone soft and turned into this this little lordling type character. And, um, I mean, he's right to an extent. Theon's wearing all this gold. He's looking flashy and all this shit. Yeah. And Did you pay the iron price for that? Right. Did you buy it with stark gold? Yeah, and, and ba- Balon freaks out. He's like, answer the answer the question. Gold or iron? And then he eventually makes Theon, like, strip off all this jewelry because he didn't earn it, a.k.a., like, take it off dead people's bodies. Right, which is a great... It's a great scene, it really is, but, like, yeah. Theon had to have been realizing at that moment, like, oh, shit, my other family's richer. Yeah. And he's, like, thinking, like, I'm going back. <laughs> I think Theon, at this point, knows that he fucked up. Yeah, he's, like, not getting the welcome he wanted. Yeah. And, like, the dad, like, rips his gold off. In the future, other things are getting ripped off and he's then, just from here he's just business yeah and then his sister walks in and guess who she is and, and she was that chick he on the horse that he was peeling up inappropriately inappropriate uh, which, inappropriate yeah just groping the crap out of her so yeah theon's like got this disgusted look on his face oh. he, he's also getting slapped in the face with the, with, the, with the fact that his his dad doesn't love him his sister loves him a little too much it's just, a lot of shit's hitting the fan for Theon at this point. Theon, again, this is, again, that character arc. <laughs> it's sort of like if he was uh, Coyote from Wile E. Coyote, like Roadrunner, you know? If oh, he was yeah. Wile E. Coyote, he's not falling yet, but he's holding up the sign that says, uh-oh. Oh. <laughs> like he's, he's off the cliff, he's holding up the sign, he's hanging off the side of the cliff, he's looked down, he's pulled out the sign, and the drop begins next episode. <laughs> it's a great analogy. Yep. Um, let's see, where are we at from there? Oh, Davos. Quick scene, Davos is recruiting the pirate. What's the pirate's name? It's, uh, uh, Salador Sang. Salador Sang. Great character. He's not in it enough. He's a funny guy. Yeah. Uh, he has his moments, though, and he's going to help them because they're planning their raid and their attack uh, on, I think they're planning, is this what's the plan on King's Landing, the attack yep. they're planning? And they need yeah. the ships. He has 30 ships. He's one of the best pirates. Mm-hmm. And Davos knows this is a guy who, like, Normally doesn't go head first into this kind of confrontation, but once he gets a smell of gold, he doesn't stop. Exactly. And they back in uh, Davos's smuggling days, they used to work together, so that's how that relationship was built. And Stannis caught Davos for smuggling and cut off his fingers. Cut off those fingers. And that's actually, Salador calls him out for that. Yeah. He says, he's like, you, you worship a guy who cut off, you know, your fingers. But he also gave him gave him his knighthood, gave him his title. Maybe he just cut off these yeah. two. <laughs> <laughs> Bad radio. Bad radio. Bad radio. <laughs> Um, and then from there we actually go to the Red Keep. <laughs> we get some good, we get some good Tyrion and Cersei action one on one. Intense. Like I said, I love to see these chess matches between two big characters. But um, Chris Winter is so hard for chess. <laughs> <laughs> Bobby Fisher, big Bobby Fisher guy. <laughs> chess guy, if you couldn't tell. Um, but this is actually kind of what we were talking about earlier. They're talking about how Cersei's losing the people, and, and, right. and Joffrey's losing the people due to these random killings that they're ordering. Right, and you see a lot of the hate in this family, because it's sort of yeah. tongue-in-cheek chess match to begin with, but it gets personal real quick when he, he kind of 
Tyrion rips on her and he goes, oh, she's like, oh, you got jokes. Well, your greatest joke of all was when you freaking killed our mom. Dude, that was so fucked up. And that escalated so quickly. Tyrion was like a bad C-section and of course they don't have like great medical equipment in this world and uh, the mom died. That's right. basically what happened. Yeah. But, so, <laughs> so, I don't know. I guess like Cersei mentioned something about Jamie falling and then Tyrion makes a quick, quick comeback. Oh, I bet Jamie falls on you repeatedly, huh? Oh, and, then, and then she's like, oh, you got jokes. Well, you were the biggest uh, joke of all. And she just took it zero to 100 so fast. Yeah. Like, uh, first off, everyone knows at this point that those two are banged. Yeah. Smang it. Smang it. Yeah. Smang Come on. Keep it PG. Keep it PG. For the kids. This yeah. is a family podcast. Yeah. <laughs> but it's sort of like the family. Guys, this is a very dysfunctional family. This, like... If they existed today, they would definitely they would be like E would have a show about them, like keeping up with the Lannies or something, you know. <laughs> well, they they definitely live in Alabama or something. Definitely. Sure. Oh, well, yeah, because yeah. that one aspect of the family is yeah. pretty. Again. So where do we go from here? Uh, I don't know. Oh, uh, <laughs> Stannis is hosting his own small council, his own little small council meeting in the uh, what's the Dragonstone throne room? The called? map room. The map room. That's yeah. right. It was a very cool map table. Yeah. Which, if I ever get rich, I'm gonna have that thing recreated because it's very cool. Only have, like, the map of Illinois, though, instead of Westeros. Right. Oh, that would be cool. Yeah. Little areas I'm going to conquer. Uh, we start <laughs> with Joliet. Um, so, he, uh, he's, so, they're kind of planning their assault, and then, like, the red woman comes in, and she, like, whispers something in Davos' son's ear, and then, she's, and then he's like, excuse us, and uh, it's just Stannis and the red woman in there, and then she's like, and he's just, like, leaning over the table, planning the attack, and she starts, like, digging at her shirt. You know what's coming. Oh, yeah. And, like, Red Woman, what's her name? Clarice. Melisandre. Oh, the oh, uh, Clarice Van Houten. Total smoke show. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And just, like, you have to give yourself completely to the light guy. And he's like, well, how do I do that? And he turns around, she's naked. He's she like, oh, okay. bust, She just busts that robe open. And talk about a real guy. He's like, I have a wife. And she's basically like, so? And he's like, good point. <laughs> <laughs> good point. <laughs> Never thought of it that way. <laughs> Well, now that you put it like that. Yeah, well, jeez. I didn't know you were so good at debating. Hey, well, he tries to, like, look away, because, I mean, you can't... It doesn't play. work. Yeah, you know. Dude, are you, you know how hard that is? Yeah, that's like, tough, I must turn dude. around. He did, like, a 360. She's <laughs> like, I turn around. She's just busting it wide open, and he's like, damn, all right, well... And then, like, they do, like, one of those TV sex scenes where, like, he never actually, like, takes his pants off. <laughs> oh, yeah, yeah. He just, like, he's like, ah, through the pants. <laughs> Well, pant, those pants were probably thin, dude. That's true. Busted, those were sheepskin. <laughs> busted through. And then uh, we go back up to Crasher's Keep, north of the wall, and we oh. were talking about what they do with these with the male babies. Deal with the devil. Um, and John follows Craster into the woods with one of these baby boys. Baby boy. And he basically, and somehow, you know, he gets lost a little bit, but he ends up seeing a White Walker walking away with the baby boy. And then John's like, oh, fuck, like, I got to get back and, and report this, probably. So he turns around to go back, and Craster's there waiting for him and just knocks him out. And that's, that's, how, the, that's how the episode ends right there. So what I deduce from it is that Craster kind of almost in a way has an understanding with these White Walkers. I give you these sons. You don't come fuck with my daughters. And John, of course, putting his hand in the cookie jar. But John, this is a good – he's a noble man. He wants to stop – these little big boys from getting killed. Right. Uh, and it's he's now knocked out from Craster, and this is going to lead to a really exciting uh, next episode. And and you hinted on this understanding between Craster and the White Walkers, but this is probably a big reason why he hasn't fled and joined the rest of the Wildlings, because he knows that the White Walkers are just going to pass over him because he 
keeps feeding them a steady stream of little boys. Little boys, yeah. <laughs> boy. it is. He's giving them some crispy. Yeah. Uh, I was gonna make a bad joke, but uh, I'm gonna leave that one alone. Sorry, you just cross text me. I'll say it. Yeah. <laughs> you know I will. Uh, but yeah, so that's the end of the episode there. Should we hop into some? This oh. is so weird. I'm loving this. Yeah, it's good. This is, we're in the studio. I don't have a headset on. My head gets really sweaty. When I wear the headset, and we're hands free. We're too. hands free. We're Dude, I don't even know what to do with my Dude, hands. Right I got now. a whole liter of Coke. <laughs> a whole liter. I'm pouring it in the cups. Chris has some Oktoberfest over there. Yeah. This is a good thing. It's good vibes. This is good vibes. Good vibes. Yeah. This is good. So what would you what would you rate this upset? One second. <laughs> All right. So I'll do my rating. Just pouring the crispy boy. <laughs> um, my rating for this episode. All right, now folks, not many battles. One might consider this boring. I love this episode. So many cool stuff happens. I give this an eight. Whoa. Yeah. Whoa. Yeah. yeah. Easy there, big fella. Yeah, I went for the two-point conversion on that one. All right. Oh, put the team on your back, though. Mm. Because mine is a lot lower than that. Um, I actually gave this a four and a half. Oh, wrong. I <laughs> I felt bad giving it a four and a half. Like, this is like a teacher grading, and it's a really good kid. You don't want to fail him, but like. He's an idiot. I mean, you know, you know, he fucked this one up. But no, it, the only redeeming quality of this episode to me was Tyrion's interaction in King's Landing and seeing him step into the hand of the king role and be way better at it than Ned was. So in that aspect, I think this was a good episode. But the rest of it, I, I didn't really, I don't know, I, I didn't really care too much for. I do. I like it. And again, I, I think if it's your first time watching it, you don't. But a second time watch, it's awesome. Yeah. Because. Ari meets that guy in the cage. Significant. Mm-hmm. Uh, the, the small council meetings in the north and Gilly and, and Theon finally making it home. The red woman gets naked for the first time. These are all big things in this episode. A lot of foundation. A lot, a lot of, of foundation. foundation. Yeah. The red, dude, how old is Clarice Van Houten? I mean, she's got to be like, probably, I wouldn't be surprised if she's mid-30s, right? Mid-30s. I bet she's older. You think? I'm going to Google it. Yeah, you Google that. I'll jump in, I'll jump into the segments important. while you're looking that up. This is important if mentally I can call her, like, mommy. <laughs> 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 right, well, while you're looking that up. You, you do your thing and I'll do my thing over here. We'll jump into the segment. So, first yeah. segment is best line slash Yas Queen, which is, of course, the best line no, no, of the episode. the first segment already happened. All right, well, we're going to agree with this. Oh, she's married to Guy Pierce. Oh, I thought you were going to say Guy Fury. I was going to fucking lose it. <laughs> oh, she definitely takes him to Flavortown. Dude, I was going to jump She's off this 42. fucking window. She's 42? Yeah. Wow, she she, nope. she ages well. She ages like fine wine. Yeah. All right. Well, we got to the bottom of that. So, yeah, you can call her mom. More <laughs> <laughs> sugar? Telling lies? <laughs> Pop, yes, mom? Yeah. No, no more sugar for you, Johnny. Um, so, all right, first segment, best line rating? slash the Yas rating? Queen. The ratings was the first segment, so now right. we're in our second segment. Right. Uh, best line slash Yas Queen. First and a half segment. Uh, okay. Best line, of course, best line in the episode. Yas Queen is a little bit of clapback in the line of an episode. So, I'll go first, because since you thought that the rating was a segment, you I'll defer. You can go first. Right. <laughs> <laughs> um, my best line was from Tyrion Lannister. At the uh, small council meeting, and he says, the Night's Watch is the only thing that separates us from what's north of the wall. Mm. I, I, I mean, obviously, this, this line holds a lot of truth to it because of the events that unfolded in Season 7. Um, so, I, with, without any spoilers, but um, the, it turns out the Night's Watch is pretty important. You yes. Know? And then, uh, my Yas Queen is going to be when Davos is recruiting Salador San. 
And Sador-san says, I'm not going to rape her. I'm going to fuck her. <laughs> Talking about Cersei. And, I, I mean, this is a good line because it's important to know the difference. You know, you can't be, you can't be out here just doing whatever you want. Yeah, you gotta, that he's pretty confident important. in himself. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. In a world of terrible people, he's, I guess, trying to be less terrible. Exactly. He's, he really thinks she'll like him. Good. <laughs> it's good to have that confidence. Uh, my best line is John to Gilly. You want us to risk our lives for you, and you won't even tell us why. Mm. And the reason is because it shows that the show isn't full of idiots. It's well written. And a lot of shows, they'd be like, wait, this is what's right. Let's do it. Where it, you got to save your head sometimes. I bet Ned would have, like, dove head first. Like, yeah, let's get her out of here. Is this uh, your command, your grace? <laughs> <laughs> That's what he would have said. Uh, no, yeah, Ned would have been like, let's do it. Then he would have lost his head. Yeah, <laughs> like, exactly. immediately, immediately dove into a sword. <laughs> And my Yas Queen is Tyrion to Slint, and he says, I'm not questioning your honor. I'm denying its existence. Oh, that was good. Great burn. That was good. Uh, I hate Slint. You'll hate him even more in a little while if you think even possible. He's a child. He He's is a, a great A child. He's a great A child. If you're gonna if you're gonna look up the definition of a child, I think Jenna Slint's face would be right. But there. don't go looking it up because the word doesn't exist. <laughs> it's one of Chris's made up uh, vocabs. Listen, it definitely exists, alright. Um, next segment, hottest moment. Pretty self-explanatory what that is. Um, you want to lead us off on your Oh, yeah. Moment? My hottest moment was the Red Woman and Stannis plotting Renly's assassination. Uh, it was probably the hottest assassination planning in history. <laughs> uh, Lee Harvey Oswald definitely wasn't planning like that. He wasn't doing that kind of planning. I've never seen an assassination planned in such a way, shape, and or form uh, in such a sexy fashion. I mean, that was actually my hottest moment as well. I completely forgot that that's what they were plotting right there because of all that. It's an assassination all that plot. Action. Can you imagine? Like, we have to assassinate him. All right, how are we going to do this? Just putting this work. And Stannis <laughs> yeah. is like, oh, shit. <laughs> She's like, I'll take care of the rest. <laughs> it's pretty cool. That's yeah. the greatest assassination plot in history. I mean, he, he didn't get caught until, well. He, all he had to do, I mean, he was... He wasn't shooting blanks. Yeah, he was. <laughs> just like Lee Harvey, man, back in the left over there. That gun was loaded. Oof. God, no joke. Those so, are dick jokes. A lot of dick jokes. <laughs> so, um, we actually have a return of a favorite segment. This is pretty special for George's 70th birthday. Happy birthday, George. We have Mount Rushmore making its return. Yeah, we got the picks ready. So, yeah, get that draft board ready. So, we have this this week we're going to do HGBs. So, HGBs. we're going to do we're going to do two. It'll be the hottest girl babes and, and then the second babes. one will be the hottest guy babes. Which one should we start with? Um, let's do ladies first. How to score babes? Girl babes. All right, and um, so for the draft, whoever goes first in the first one will go second in the second one. Right. All right, so we should flip something. Well, you started first last time, so all right, so you'll start first. Yeah, so you get so first I'll pick for the first. girl babes. Yeah. I'll, I'll, right. with, with my with the first overall pick in the 2018 George Martin draft, I choose Masandi of Nah. Oh, okay. Yeah. 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 That is uh, Natalie Emanuel. Yes. She's a hot girl. HGB. She is an HGB by far. It, by the definition. By the definition of HGBs, she is an HGB. It sucks because I don't know a lot of these characters' names who are hot <laughs> on like side characters, but I'll think of it. Yeah, you'll figure um, it out. So, it's, so then I get two picks in a row? Yes. Oh, Snake Draft. Yes, okay, so snake for my draft. first pick, I select Daenerys. Targaryen. How could I ever go anywhere yeah, else? Yeah, you're not gonna you're not gonna pass that. I'm anymore. not gonna pass that up. Listen, Amelia Clark, just give me a chance. You don't you don't understand. I'm such a nice person. 
All right, so who's uh, my who's, second pick? Yeah, who's your second? I'm gonna go with the Red Woman. Oh, see, I knew you're gonna, I knew you're gonna do that to me. Hit you with that little one-two punch right yeah, there. I knew That's you're a deep, do that to deep me. roster I got right there. You son of a bitch. Deep roster. She's, she's, oh, sandbagging, sandbagging, son, son of a bitch. You're pulling the bag. So okay. now it's your pick, right? Okay. So with my second pick, I'm gonna go with Sansa Stark. Good pick. We'll, we'll snag I'll her. Allow it. We'll get Sophie Turner. Season on board. three and on. Yeah. Well, adult well, versions of Yeah, adult yeah. <laughs> let's clarify. Adult versions of all characters. We're not going yeah, we're definitely not going chill. We're not going this is we're not going Chris Hansen level here. Yeah. <laughs> we got Chris Hansen in the bag. <laughs> Why don't you take a He's seat? He's actually in here. He's gonna come out in a second. Why don't you take a seat? You're right already over there. Um and then my third pick will be I'm gonna go. I'm gonna go with Arya, dude. I mean, okay, that's fine. Yeah. That hurts me a little bit, dude. I'm upset you took Masandi. I love me some Masandi, dude. She's she's one of the hottest of all. The hots. only character I could like think. Oh, okay. My next pick. Or is my pick? Yeah. Do I have the next two? Yes. Marjorie Tyrell. Oh, you little sneaky. Kind of like a pro hog. I'm a little sneaky. <laughs> oh, my roster's deep, dude. Oh man. Danny, the Red Woman, and Marjorie. Marjorie was a Marjorie was a come up right there. Oh, I've come up on all these people. <laughs> I can't believe I let that one slip uh, out, slip down the dress. Uh, you're a huge Marjorie fan, dude. I, I yeah, she's she's an HUB. Um, I'm trying to think who my fourth girl would be here. It's it's tough. Uh, I don't even remember. What are you writing? I, I I'm, I'm getting well, my trap hurts going. a little bit because that one was she's like I think Nat, we both agreed we talked about this Natalie Emmanuel who plays Masani is like the most beautiful girl on the show oh yeah and she doesn't she doesn't wear like slutty stuff either she's just like natural beauty not like not like right. Jorah not like Jorah she dresses much more tamer than he does he's always showing off his good bulge <laughs> uh, I'm trying to think who are else the good hot characters I guess Cersei's hot but I don't I don't want to go Cersei it's an easy pick what's the helper's name. Uh, who does like the three dragon thing? With Dude, don't steal my fucking pick. Do you see me write it down? Oh, you're, you're across the room. Oh, you're a child. What's her name? Dorea. Dorea, that's mine. Yeah, right. Dorea. You're yeah. a child, dude. This is a deep team. You're a fucking child. So you can just take Catelyn, I guess. Dude, listen, you forgot her name. You yeah, shouldn't right. even be able to get you that. You take Rickon. <laughs> you shouldn't even be able to Rickon, get that. You get Rickon. Or just it. take those like girls that Ramsey bangs. Uh, I don't even. I don't. I forget her name. I think her name was like Amanda or something. Um, Durant. My Damn. roster's way deeper. Dude, All right, yeah. That's a win. Well, that that hurt my fucking draft board. Marjorie, Danny, the Red Woman, and Durant. If I had Masandi, I would. actually... Right, let me get through the draft. Let me get through the draft. I'm already breaking. I'm already got. Yeah, I already got Mel Kiper breaking <laughs> on my big board over here. You're giving fucking in-depth analysis on your fantasy chart. Jaworski hates my draft. <laughs> oh man. All right. Well, shit. I don't know. Well. Yeah, you got cat. They cattle or Cersei. I'm not going. Who else is? Should I just go with Liza Aaron or something? No. Oh God, no. <laughs> um, which one? Which one was the hottest sand snake? I can't even remember their names. Oh, the hottest one is the one Bron kisses. She's the short-haired one. Yeah. Oh yeah. No, yeah. I, it doesn't matter. But just take her. She's actually. Yeah, we'll look up her name later. When we're yeah, I, would, I wish I had her actually instead of Durea. She's hotter than Durea in my yeah. opinion. That's a good pick. No, oh, thanks, man. All right, so my mine's better than yours then. So no, no, your your draft overall isn't better. So the short the short haired sand snake I, I snagged. She is honestly her and Masani are the hottest ones on your draft. Well, Arya is just like badass though, so that kind of gives her some hot points. I feel like Arya will like fuck my shit up, you know, and I'd enjoy it. <laughs> oh yeah, because we mentioned the characters banging us. Yeah. Well, the Red Woman would give me like some light sun. Uh, Danny, fire. Fire. She would. Oh my god. Uh, Marjorie. 
Marjorie has the, probably the most experience on the board. Well, no, probably Melisandre. Durant, I don't know. Yeah. Doesn't matter. I want them all. All right. So yeah, hypothetical. All right, and now HGB's hot guy base. Hot guy base. And I get the first pick. Yeah. Jon Snow. Ooh, he's see, I knew you were gonna take him. He's a sneaky boy. I knew you were gonna take him. Jon Snow, handsome, broodingly handsome. His, you know, his face, his ways. <laughs> um. All right, so. I'm going to go Jamie Lannister. That's a good pick. Obviously. I like the cut of his jib. Hot, hot guy, babe. And in the Sam Tarley, your second pick. Nope, no chance. Oh. No chance. Um, and also, in the in the newer seasons, he's actually like got some honor to him, so it makes him a lot sexier, I think. He's a good good dude, actually, in the newer seasons, so that always helps. All right. Um, and then I'm going to go with Rob Stark as my second pick. Wow, you motherfucker. Yeah. How do you feel about that? So you took Rickon? You said Rickon? Nope, Rob. The king of the north. Okay, the king of the north. The king of the north. Oh, yeah. You said, so you took, who was your first pick? I got Jamie. Jamie and and Rob. And Bran Stark. (laughs) And, all right, so my, so I have two in a row. I've forgotten all the, ooh, I'm going to take the second version of Dario Naharis. Oh, nice. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's a, not you know the first what? one. The, you yeah. know, not the first one. The first one looks like a goon. Okay. The second one, Dario Naharis, because I have heard from women sources who like the show that he's a handsome feller. So yeah, he's an HGB He's an sure. HGB for sure. Oh, yeah. Who else are HGB? I mean, I really love Rob, so it's unfortunate that I can't get him. I actually don't think Theon's an HGB. He's got no. a little funky face. No, yeah. yeah. No chance. Um, and he got no dick, man. He got, he got no dick. <laughs> <laughs> he got no dick, man. Uh, so my... Third HGB, fuck, this is tough, man, because, like, there's some handsome guys, but then there's some guys that are a little grimy, a little saucy. You got, uh, you got depth, man. I do, yeah, but my girl list is so good that I gotta fight you. Oh, I'm gonna take a guy who is without a doubt an HGB, all man, call Drogo. Oh, oh, that was gonna be my pick, damn it. All right. Okay. You know he's got a huge hog in those trousers. <laughs> His dude, slacks. Dude, probably, I mean. He needs two belts. He's got that, he's got that uh, long braid, too. That's not the only thing that's hanging, probably. You know? No, no, guaranteed. All right, so you just. I mean, it's grab... like if he gets a boner, he, we get six more weeks of winter. <laughs> <laughs> so you grab Dario and Kyle Drago. Drago. Okay. Anyone who's Ben Danny, I'm always, <laughs> I'm always doing it. Oh, man. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, you're top three. You're, <laughs> you're just you're just picturing yourself in their shoes. Okay. Um, yeah. So with my third pick, I can't think of anyone else. <laughs> I'm gonna go Oberyn Martell, the Red Viper. Oh, that's a great pick. That's a good pick. You chose. So you got the Mountain and Rick and Stark. <laughs> I got Oberyn's a great pick. I got I got, I got Jamie Oberyn. Lannister, Rob Stark, Oberyn Martell, and to top it all off. I mean, just as far as like pure, pure at s cheese. I can't talk. Aesthetic. Yeah, a- aesthetically pr- pleasing. I'm gonna go Lancel Lannister. Or shoot, no, <laughs> no, no, no. <laughs> wait, 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 wait. No, 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 no. Not Lancel Lannister. Tyrion. Um, Loras Tyrell. There we go. Oh yeah, Loras a handsome fellow. Yeah, Loras Tyrell, not Lancel Lannister. You said Lancel though, so nope. I feel like that should nope. be legally binding. Nope. We're, we he didn't get the call. Lancel's. Lancel did not, yeah, he did not get his name on draft night. All right, so I got the fourth. And final. Final pick. I need to just sort of <clears throat> snake through here because it's difficult. I, there's no handsome guys left. That's not true. Who? <laughs> <laughs> if you had to say someone. That's, that's not I mean, some people think Baelish is handsome, dude. Oh! Gendry. Oh. Gendry. He looks like a young Christian Bale. 
which is without a doubt true, folks. Look up Gendry. Gendry's a like sleeper. I wouldn't even... He's in real good shape. Uh, this is for, like, so... I think my roster's good. Jon Snow is for those women who, like, classically beautiful guys. Call Drogo or just bang the shit out of you. Dario Nahauer is just handsome, but Gendry is for those millennials, I think. He's my millennial pick. Okay. So I got, I got, oh my god, my rosters are deep as hell. Well, we'll, we'll, we'll let the fans decide who wins. Yeah, who wins the fans the decide this one. I think, I think my, I think my HGB roster is better than your HGB, HGB roster. But Which HGB roster? Both. No way! It's a general, gender no neutral term. HGB. Hot girl slash guy bait. I got Danny with that first pick and Jon Snow with that first pick? Come on. Yeah, yeah, big surprise there. Why don't you just pick the favorites all night? It's done a lot good for me. I'm in a confidence pool right now. I'm like winning in the Game of Thrones confidence pool. No, <laughs> dude, it's, I was confidence say, pools for dude, it's, it's only week three. It's not tough to be week winning three. in a confidence pool in week three. Gotcha. What's the next segment now? Uh, we got some Thrones for Dummies going on. Oh, Thrones for Dummies. Yeah. Uh, would you tell me a bit about uh, Baylor Greyjoy and the Iron Islands? Yes, I will. Um, what? Yeah. So, so to be completely honest, they're probably my least favorite of the great houses. They uh, suck. Yeah, they're kind of. I mean, they're super salty. They they literally are. They literally are salty. Same, yeah. Um, what is dead may never die. Exactly. So House Greyjoy, their words are "We do not sow." Um, so basically, when you think of them, imagine like Vikings, right? They they raid, they pillage, they steal stuff. Um, they've got this iron they got born, a bad kicker. <laughs> they've got this culture where it's take everything. You know, you don't get respected if you actually like have a hardworking job and put food on the table that way. Um, they even go as far as to like take salt wives is what they call them. But yes. basically, you just like wives. yeah, you steal wives and and those kids are actually legitimate. They're not bastard kids, whereas every other house in the kingdoms would consider those bastards. So that is kind of progressive on their on their end, but they also kidnap those women, so not so progressive. Um, but they, you know, they're they're hard people. They're disobedient. They they try to rebel all the time and typically fail at it. Um, but the main reason is they don't have a lot of resources. The only thing they have is iron ore on the island. So instead of actually trading that for good value and bringing in stuff and growing their economy, they continue to try to steal everything, which doesn't work out for them. So, yeah, that's uh, how's Greyjoy. The only thing worse than an idiot is a hardened idiot. And that's kind of what the Iron Islands are to me. Yeah. They're hardened idiots. They're set in their ways and they don't work. Yeah. Pull in the bag. They're, yeah, they 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 they're the bad guys. We we want to get out of here. They should Westeros should build a wall to the northwest to keep The, the Iron, Iron Islands are basically Florida. Yeah. They're like the part of the union where it's like technically a state but like if we could, like, saw off that part of the state and push it into the ocean, we kind of, like, would, you know? Yeah, that's kind of like, you know did. Don is, like, asked. He's like, yo, can we just cut it off? <laughs> uh, oh, yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, next segment, and this one's important because George it's, Day. it's George's birthday. So. George's birthday. We got to get him a little birthday sex. Yeah, we got we to gotta get him a T-Pain. Isn't that T-Pain who sings that? Yeah, it's T-Pain. Yeah. I believe so. Yeah. We got to get him a little birthday. I'll go first okay? because I think you have better potential this week than I do. I, I, I actually got a couple. You so. came in hot, yeah. But mine for George is, George is a man, he seems to be a man of many tastes, uh, so I figured who better than the many-faced god, or specifically Ooh. Jack and Hagar, Ooh. who we meet in this episode, we'll dissect him a little bit later on. But Jack and Hagar can put on a different face for George every day of the week, uh, and again, I gave George that uh, dragon egg flashlight, so no matter what, he's good to go. Uh, <laughs> but one day George wants like uh, incest, Jack and Hagar gives him incest. The next day... 
George wants, you know, a dragon, he gives him a dragon. He's every taste. Yeah. He's the flavor of the month. Actually, I mean, you can't go wrong with that pick because it could literally be anyone. It could be anyone. You know? Yeah. Yeah. He, could, he gives him whatever he wants. All right. If he just wants, like, a large, deep dish from Geo's, <laughs> Jack Hennigar gives him that. <laughs> if he wants Papa John's. Yeah. A little problematic. Jack Hennigar probably should be careful. Yeah. He's going to be recording that the whole time. <laughs> All right. So mine is a little more traditional. Um, I'm gonna go with uh, Burton Ernie. Oh, they're in the so, news. Yeah, so Just, they. Yeah. So last week it came out that uh, the writer of one of the Sesame Street writers said that Burton Ernie were uh, kind of designed after his relationship with his roommate, which happened to be a homosexual relationship, and it, it was this big thing trending on Twitter that Burton Ernie were gay. Um, so just kind of, I mean, I don't know, squeeze George in there, maybe. Bert, Ernie, and George. Yeah, maybe they can have a little... Crossover. Uh, what do you call that? A menage a trois? Menage a trois. It's a three-way. Yeah. I'm, I'm holding my pinky up in the air while I say that. Menage a trois. Nice. It's, it's classy. Very French. Very French. And then my, my other option, if George doesn't like that, since it's his birthday, he can choose whoever he wants. Um, I'm going to go ahead and say Toad from Mario Kart. Whoa, what happened to Toad? Well, oh, you didn't hear about this? No. Oh, man, so... Toad's in the news. Yeah, so last week, Toad was like trending... like driving accident? <laughs> <laughs> Toad was trending on Twitter because um, in Stormy Daniels' book, she, like, said that... Um, she said that Donald J had, like, a Toad-shaped penis. <laughs> so, like, yeah, so, like, this came out, and, like, people are... Tweeting all these photos of Toad. toad. And I even, did she mean just an animal or did she mean Toad? <laughs> like, no, like Toad. Like, like yeah, like Toad from Mario Kart. And he had a Kirby-shaped piece. I, I even got in on the action and tweeted a 10-minute video of Toad screaming, like from spinning out on Mario Kart. So oh, that was wow. pretty good. Self-plug. Yeah, so, self yeah, look that up. Like it. Retweet it. <laughs> oh, beautiful. Uh, but yeah, so we'll get, him, we'll get him some birthday action. I love that Toad. I love it. I didn't know that his dick looked like Toad. Well, we don't actually know that. That's what Stormy Daniels says. Well, I think this is one of those instances where he should just come out and release a pick. <laughs> Let the world decide for ourselves. We have a right to know. Our allies have a right to know around the world. NATO. It's NATO. This is important. Hold, hold the summit. <laughs> we're going to hold a little conference. We'll get, get, get him on the horn. Get him on the horn. Uh, and from there, unnecessary titties. A good mm. segment. Um, and I put the episode. <laughs> all over the place. It's just all, and specifically the Baelish. So there are literally like unnecessary all over the place, but the Baelish scene, like legit, wipes jizz off this girl's mouth. Yeah, that was wild. There's another dude just getting like a hard BJ, while it's just like her butt is like in the air, like full on. Uh, there's like another like cowgirl scene going on, all while this girl's crying in the background over like a dead baby. None of it makes sense. Yeah, but the jizz in the lips, I think, is the most unnecessary. Part. Just outrageous. Super. Even, like, for HBO, that's played. Well, then, but not only it, does that happen, but then she just wipes it off, and he immediately makes out with that guy. Yeah, she just goes back to work. Yeah, that... Oh, that's messed up. It's gross stuff. This is like, you have beef with Guy Fieri's show, because he's always digging in the food, and it never yeah. shows him wash his hands. Yeah, and that's he doesn't wear gloves. Yeah, that's actually probably worse. Because <laughs> <laughs> yeah. so how, how am I supposed to picture myself eating that food, and I just see Guy Fieri talking about flavor time, and digging yeah. it all into my food? Yeah, he's digging his grimy hands. Yeah, we don't want that. He definitely is one of those guys who like digs in his balls too. Like those things itch. Yeah, in, in his nose and his ears. I mean, oh. that guy has no regard probably for human for life. Yeah. Um, so my unnecessary titties was the scene right before that uh, that Baelish whorehouse 
scene. Yes. Um, when Theon's in the boat and he's having sex with the captain's daughter and she's just like sitting there and she's kind of like gross looking and she's got like her nasty little tatas hanging out. It, it was just unnecessary, you know? I agree. Just There was no substance to that scene. There wasn't even a point of putting it in there. No, it's Theon and her both two aren't even the most attractive people in the world. Right. They're like very... But even even the the dialogue that they had there wasn't sweet important. dialogue. Yeah. yeah, the whole scene's unnecessary. Yeah. The whole scene is an unnecessary take. Exactly. Uh, and I guess that leaves trial by combat. Your favorite segment. It's so here's another original. Well, my trial by combat. Uh, I went an approach a show I liked a lot as a kid. Oh, remember Smart Guy? Yeah. It's, it's sort of that, but my own little angle on it. Uh, <laughs> it's it's about a genius twelve year old who gets admitted to uh, Arizona State University because he's a genius and it's called Big Boy on campus. Okay, how do you spell boy? It's B O I. Okay, of course, nice. and the eyes underlined. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> Big Boy on campus. Uh, it's about a genius twelve year old gets admitted to ASU, Arizona State University. If anyone knows anything about Arizona State, its reputation is it's been a party school. Oh yeah, uh, and he immediately becomes a legend. He does keg stands. He's ripping beer bongs. He's smanging coeds. Uh, it's a shit ton of harmless, happy fun, a whole lot of comedy, until, of course, the end of season one when he dies at a frat hazing. Whoa. <laughs> Whoa. And then season two is the court case, uh, and there's a potential for legal jannies crossover there, oh. where they hire the janitor who's <laughs> pretending to be a lawyer. No. Jannies. Yeah, so this kid, big boy on campus, you're literally, it's like, oh, it's a silly, harmless show. This kid's having so much fun, and then he just gets hazed out of his mind. They just are, like, feeding him brewskis, and then he just, like, he jumps off the roof of the house. It's like a joke. And then dies. <laughs> He's 12 years old. <laughs> well, okay. So I actually, I do love the fact that season one's like, everything's going his way. But then, and then Game of Thrones That's Yeah. Yeah. Like, it's, it's almost a Ned scenario. It's Red Wedding. It's Red Wedding. Well, don't spoil it for everyone, right? It's a Ned scenario. Mean, That's what I said. I said it's a Ned's wedding. It's a Ned's Ned's sweating in that scene when he gets his head cut off. It's a Ned's head. It's a Ned's sweating. It's a Ned head. What do you think I said? But no, I do like that. Very Game of Thrones ass. Yeah, and then he jumps off the roof. But you lost me. You lost me when you tried to tie in Lee James. I fucking hate that shit, dude. You said to me the other day that you love all the shitty classics, but none of them are as good. As legal Janies. Those that, are your words. That's fake. That's fake news. It's real news. That's, Listen, let's get Toad on the horn. <laughs> settle this. Totally fake news. No, I do. I I would watch that show. Big Boy on Campus. I would definitely watch yeah. that show. I so we both have been getting a lot of feedback about shitty originals in the recent weeks. Smoker mm-hmm. and the Joker seems to be in terms of like actual shows. Smoker and the Joker, I think, is the runaway favorite. Definitely. Uh, we'll get that. Joaquin on the horn. Uh, and Toad. <laughs> but in terms of, like, I think the most outrageously funny, I think for me it's personally the Fish Fuckers or Porta Potty Boys. Porta Potty Boys is underrated. And someday we'll do a big Porta Potty Boys on campus, which is when the Porta Potty Boys get admitted to ASU, they just bring their Porta Potties with them in class. <laughs> <laughs> Dude, no, I would t- I would definitely watch that show. The first season would be kind of like Blue Mountain State, and then the second. And then he dies at the end of the first yeah. season, and you're like, oh, it's funny, he's going to get up, but then it like zooms out, and he's just like smattered <laughs> on the pavement. <laughs> And uh, the court case, his family, it's very sad. Like, the next season, very, uh, actually... The next good, season's going to be, like, the staircase. For a staircase crossover. Yeah. yeah, we'll get Michael Peterson on it. He needs money. Uh, yeah. And he'll be like, well, how about you didn't do it? What do I... You should face. I don't know what you want And uh, it'll turn out, like, Michael was blowing people. Unrelated, but that'll come out. Maybe I sucked his dick. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't. Maybe I didn't. 
And then they're like, we have video. And he's like, yeah, I did. <laughs> yeah, he definitely killed it. But, um, and so many crossovers. We'll get all these crossovers. And it'll be awesome. Legal um, Jannies. No, well, not Legal Jannies. I do like that show. Big, Obviously, Game of Thrones is better. Uh, big big boy on campus. Yeah, yeah. He's such a great yeah, title. Big boy, big on, boy campus. on campus. Yeah. yeah, but and he's so popular, and it's so much fun until of course you know he until, dies. Yeah, and it's a brutal scene. His <laughs> <laughs> arm flops off. Oh, yeah, man. it's brutal. It's it's Game of Thrones esque. Right. Do your, your dissection. What do you think? Well, I I love it. I would watch it one hundred percent. Obviously, Game of Thrones is better, but you did put some uh, Game of Thrones esque qualities into it. Yeah, yeah I like that. Um, I'm actually more excited for, I, I mean, season one, episode 10 would be great. The season finale where he dies. And then season two would be great with all that legal action. Legal Janice. Not legal Janice. And Michael Pierce. Can you imagine the legal Janice editor with Michael P? Uh, oh, yeah. God. Michael P. Just a crossover America's oh, been waiting for. But, um, all right. Well, that was the, uh, birthday, George R. Martin birthday Happy episode. Happy birthday, George. Happy birthday. That was actually, uh, September 20th. So that would have been last week by the time this comes out, but... Um, it doesn't matter. It's, he doesn't you know, care. Yeah, he, he's 70, whatever. He'll forget yeah, about it. He doesn't care. He's lucky to be here today. <laughs> but uh, a quick shout-out to all the listeners. We have a few really loyal listeners, which is great, and we're still getting good views. Thank you, guys. And, yeah, uh, thanks. We're going to have more sweepstakes coming up, so we want to give you guys a little something for being loyal. And we're also going to post the... Um, the, the uh, Polls. Mount Rushmore, Mount Rushmore polls. Yeah, the so. Mount Mushmores. Yeah. The Mount Muffmores. <laughs> uh, Ned's sweating. Yeah, so uh, that's good. You got anything else, Chris? That's that's all I got. That's all I got. Uh, hey, Daenerys, hit me up. You're my first overall pick. <laughs>